Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. This is the session, and however you have found us today, thank you for doing that. And uh, I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. How are you holding up? I'm holding up pretty good, even though I just came from a, a swim workout with my serious friends who take swimming very seriously. Uh-huh. And they put me through the ringer today. Oh, they, they held you down till you said tithe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, oh. that's how Southern Baptists baptize, right? Oh. Yeah, they hold you down till you say tithe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send me emails. I am one. <laughs> so welcome in. And uh, right off the top, a little bit of housekeeping. If you have something here as we're heading toward Christmas, if there's something special you would like Tom and I to discuss on the session, we would love to hear about it. Yes. And we'd love to be able to share that, whether it's a, a, a mental health issue, a family issue, a faith issue, uh, something about nativity scenes, whatever. Right. You know, let us know and we'll be happy to dig into it and see what we can come up with for you. You can send that in to me. Uh, just email scott at risefmohio.com and we will take it from there. All right, so today we're going to continue our celebration of Pastor Appreciation Month by not talking about the pastor per se, but the pastor spouse. Yeah. And yeah. no, we're not meddling. No, no. no. <laughs> so for us, that's a good thing. We're, right. We're, no yeah. meddling today, Tom. Right. So we're going to jump into how to help the pastor's spouse. And before we jump in, Tom, we jump into God's Word. Well, and Scott, let's do this. This is Paul's writing in 2 Thessalonians three sixteen, Lord of peace... May you give your pastor and their families peace at all times and in every way. That they really need that peace. They sure do. At a time when they're uh, living in glass houses and being drawn into all kinds of drama. How did I hear that say it? Somebody said it on TV the other day. You call it drama. Drama. (laughs) No drama. No (laughs) drama. What part of the country are they from? That's, uh, well, we'll go into that later, maybe. <laughs> uh, I yeah. also like the fact that he included families, Yes, like Paul did. Yes, and we will address that, I think, just a little bit, maybe. But think about this as you go into Pastor Appreciation Month, you know, celebrating pastor's kids, pastor's right. spouse. Uh, maybe mother-in-law <laughs> is living with a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be someone to honor as well, because it's entirely possible that mother-in-law raised that pastor yeah you know so right. there's there's something there's a lot you can do and you can always get some ideas uh, for honoring pastors at risefmohio.com we've as a staff we've had fun, some fun with that mm-hmm. and you'll see random videos pop up on facebook and that kind of thing so you can see all that at risefmohio.com so anyway we jump into 
helping the pastor's spouse. And the first thing, Tom, support the spouse without being the assistant pastor. Yeah, be a loving and supportive spouse. It's really easy to to go in and if even if you don't perceive yourself as the assistant pastor, it's almost like the body of Christ, the the, the church members feel that way. And in particularly since we're talking about the spouse, if it were a man, you know, the fix it mentality there can kick in for the guys. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they want to take care of the church and maybe some of the members that are giving the pastor fits his wife. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and I know some wives that want to fix it too. Uh-huh. They, there's just a difference, I think, in the way that a that a man might do fix it in air right. quotes versus the way a wife would do fix it in air quotes. Yeah. You know, but either way may not be supportive. True. And so being loving and supportive in James said it well that we are be quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to get angry. When the pastor's spouse is doing that for the, their spouse, the pastor, then, then they have an opportunity to vent. And, and believe it or not, pastors have a need to vent. And you can't do that to the deacons. Sorry, deacons. Your pastor should not be venting to you. Yeah. Sorry. No. Uh, having been a deacon, I can tell you that. you No, that's not our job. It's not our place. No. Okay, right. last thing in this little thing, Tom, I like this idea as a reminder, take care of the home. That's right. Do your part at home. Also included in that is supportive about the children. We cannot lose sight of what's going on with children in the pastor's family because they are PKs. Preacher's kids. kids, yep. And that means they are in a glass house and they are expected to be perfect all the time. And unfortunately, children can, are like sharks. They can smell blood in the water <laughs> and attack. And they know exactly, exactly when to do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can I can remember the kids of our pastor when I was a kid. And that little guy, he found more ways to get in trouble easier than just about anybody except for maybe my little sister. <laughs> but <laughs> That you love so dearly. <laughs> I have often wondered what happened to him. We uh-huh. kind of lost track of him over the years when we, when we moved away, but I've, I've often wondered what happened to, what happened to young Mr. Anglis. But, um, okay, so we're talking about ways that you can help your pastor's spouse during Pastor Appreciation Month on the session today. And the next step, Tom, is the unique challenges of supporting. Are you suggesting that the pastor's family has unique challenges, Scott? Um, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> I would have never thought it. Who would have thunk it? Yes. How about living under constant scrutiny? You know, being analyzed on a regular basis. You did what? That scrutiny also is based on what the parishioners think is right, and it's their spiritual obligation to make sure the pastor knows what they should be doing. And by the way, you will not find that anywhere but in the book of Second Hesitations. Yes! <sighs> or oh. Third Proclamations 4. I believe there's a passage there. Um, okay. Second book of nonsense? Uh, there we go. There we go. Second Nonsense 317. <laughs> there's yeah. no silliness, but what has already been common to the church. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we and, should top off that soapbox now, probably. Well, <laughs> jump off of <laughs> Probably ought to get off that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if we talk about unrealistic expectations, we'll probably get right back on it. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but unrealistic expectations for the pastor is really sad, number one. And number two, the parishioners who are saying that, they have these expectations. They have no idea how the pastor feels they've not walked a mile in their shoes good point yeah to have those expectations so the pastor thinks he did really well only to find out let's take that little just a very brief rabbit trail awesome very brief one what are what are these unrealistic what are some of these unrealistic expectations we're talking about here the first thing i think of is what do you mean you went to your son's soccer game instead of coming to see me in the er with my broken fingernail yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great one. How about the number of hours that they work, which is what you're really alluding to, that they should be available any time. It doesn't matter if they're having any kind of uh, personal family celebration, and he's supposed to do what? He's supposed to go and, and help them to, uh, the community decide whether it's going to be green carpet or blue? Really? When it's supposed to be gray. Yeah, that's right. Well, all for <laughs> Baptists want gray <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get out of We had that conversation at our church about what color the chairs should be. Oh. Uh-huh. I stayed in the sound room. Mm. I, I don't know. Right. And it was funny to watch who would go up in the comments. That was that was more fun to watch than any input <laughs> I would have had. Okay, move, moving you on. We should, uh, yeah, I guess. Perfect social behavior. Here we go. Yeah, the kids yeah. are supposed to be perfect all the time. They are. And don't dare mess up. That's right. Because then now dad's not very spiritual or mom's not very, the pastor's not very spiritual. That's exactly. How can you have a kid like that? I mean, really. Really? You're supposed to know what's going on? But how about if we reframe that and we look at that differently? What if, if the parishioner said... Oh, you know, that helps our pastor relate to those who are struggling, if he's had struggles as well. Yeah, Exactly. You know, remember, pastors are people too. That's right. They put their pants on one leg at a time. Like Just like stuff. everybody else, you know, <laughs> and sometimes they put on one brown shoe and one black shoe. Yes. Let me check. Let me- <laughs> this, for me, it's the socks, not the shoes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, let's see. Attend a thorough knowledge of the Bible. What do you mean you didn't know about that isolated verse in Hosea? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and so what, uh, that's clearly an unrealistic expectation. And it, it's, it's interesting also, I think that there are pastors out there who are vested in the history there are other pastors out there who might really want to talk about end times. That's where their passion is. There's also pastors out there who maybe are really fixated on Paul's writings, which I am. I, and I can understand the problems that the pastor would have if he really was focused on the book of Numbers. and what <laughs> Chronicles? Yeah. <laughs> right. But... They're drawn by that, and that's what maybe brought them in to being a pastor is their passion for either history or maybe what about relationships? What's Paul write about, and how did he start new churches? And Yeah, and I think sometimes, too, there are pastors that maybe would have been better professors. Oh, for I sure. I think we all probably know the pastor or the assistant pastor that you know is a very deep student of the Bible— 
but you know has the has the people skills of these sheets of paper <laughs> yeah and maybe would be yeah. better served right teaching but you know that's that's something you got to let God handle. Okay, next one here of these unique challenges: attendance at all meetings. Right. That's right. You got to help us decide: do we do put poinsettias or tulips out front? <laughs> yeah. You know, how's communion going to go? Or uh, know, communion, I get because he should lead communion. Right. The pastor should lead communion. But do, should we do it every week? There you go. Every quarter. Yeah. Or when the mood strikes. <laughs> holidays only yeah right yeah that way you get the christmas and the easter christian <laughs> the easter christian what a new term <laughs> we've I've, that's been used at my church a few times you know interesting in, in small group yeah okay so yeah, yeah. The, the expectation that the pastor should be at all meetings okay i'm going to step on toes that's that's ridiculous it is they're human too how can they nurture and grow their own personal family relationships if they are not permitted and when we talk about the hierarchy, so to speak, of for the pastor first is their relationship with Jesus. The next one is their relationship with their spouse. The next one is their relationship with their children. So number four in their priorities should be the church. So congratulations, you're number four. Yeah. You're number four. I'm sorry, guys. The best I can give you is number four. But you don't want me if I don't have that that priority. Yep. Yeah, because it's so important. Yeah. I tell some of my people when they're sitting on my couch at Heritage, you know, here are my priorities. And I'm sorry, you guys, but you're number four. I hope you'll be okay with that. On a good day. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, right. So those are just a few of the unique challenges. Right. And there are a couple more that we will have in the show notes that you can go back and look at. I'll have those in the show notes for you. The next thing we turn to are the unique circumstances that come to the spouse and their family. Right. How about limited finances? The pastor's family does not necessarily get rich. They're not necessarily well-to-do. Uh, yeah. What would, how does that statement go? It's your spouse's job to keep you humble and the church's job to keep you poor? Yeah. Is that how it goes? Yeah, I think, I see, we'll keep you humble and... God will keep you humble, we'll keep you poor? There we go. Okay, there it is. is. Yes. See, we get there eventually. Just a few cobwebs. But just wondering, you know, is that what you would want? You know, is that how you'd want to be paid? Exactly. Now, right. I am not saying that pastors need to be making six figures. I do right. not make six figures. Right. Okay. Yeah. As much fun as radio is, no. I have, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot in common with pastors. There are limited finances, and keep in mind the pay structure of a pastor is different. Look at the budgets. Right. And yeah. see how your pastor's budgets are broken out, how their pay is broken out. Well, yeah. Totally different fish from what you deal with on your W-2. That's why there's been a push in recent years of the bivocational pastor. Right. There's a need for it. They kind of want to eat seven days a week and not five. (laughs) Greedy people. Really? What do you mean ramen is not your favorite food? Yeah, right. (sighs) All right. Um, So another unique circumstance, Tom, is the demands of church members. And this, this kind of goes under unique challenges, too. When we talk about the church members, and, and they have this strong desire 
and they believe it to be godly, and if the pastor doesn't take care of it, oh, that pastor's in trouble. Now, my pastor has, and and I, I balk at it. I fight it. I'm not a fan of it. But my pastor has said, well, if it's your passion, it's your ministry. Take care of it. Okay. And I, I don't We're, know how I feel about that, but I get the I get the intent behind it. Okay. I can't do everything. Right. So if you really want to see to it that the children's wing has this, right, and we've got the budget for it, do it. Okay. I don't need to help you decide what curtains. So where does that rub you wrong? I don't know. Sometimes it's it it it's come across sometimes like an excuse to not get involved in something. And I I don't know. That's why I struggle with it and sometimes I'm I have to back myself out because I want to jump in because my wife teaches, my daughter is the children's director, yeah, and I want to fix it. We, you know, just like we've been talking about, if the pastor doesn't, or the small group leader who's in charge of the children's ministry doesn't do something like my daughter or my wife want, right? I want to pounce and fix. Yeah. Oh, there you I go. I can't. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I it um hmm yeah. <sighs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Moving on. Before I dig myself in an even deeper <laughs> oh, yeah. hole. Okay. Uh, we can an- talk afterwards. Yeah. Uh huh. We haven't done that in a while. Uh-huh. Another unique uh-huh. circumstance, I think, is the loneliness that we don't know our pastors feel. And that's true because they can't necessarily go to their church members to vent. They can't necessarily go to t- discuss something that may be happening in their family, where maybe one of the, their his family are reacting to someone being uncomfortable or or treating them poorly. And so consequently, there's not always the support there that, that it could be. But that's so critically important is that there is support that they can go to and they can use. Pastor support groups, the pastor's fellowships. There's a real need, I believe, to have a pastor's retreat. And I kind of have this harder vision of small group of pastors maybe half a dozen in, at the max, in a bed and breakfast with a laid-back schedule and time for them to talk and support one another. Exactly. And I'll facilitate. That's a passion you've had for years. Yeah. You know, that's something I've, you and I have talked about that for, for years over these. You realize on uh, just since Rise FM has come along, you and I have done this over, I think it's 150 times. No kidding. I mean, wow. you think about all the years you were here before I, I got here? Yeah. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah, no wonder and, I'm agent. I'm feeling agent. <laughs> no wonder there's a snow on the roof. All right, let's talk about some fun stuff here. Oh, why not? How about how to succeed as a pastor's spouse? Yeah. Well, love and accept yourself. That You have an identity, too. You are not the pastor's spouse. You actually have a name. Whoa. Oh, now you are meddling. Yeah, that's right. And when we talk about, as you were saying, your pastor said, if that's your heart and your passion, go for it. Well, what's the heart and passion of the pastor's spouse? What's what, what are they? What's their heart? And wouldn't they be gifted in that area to go forward? I think that would be a great way when they talk about you have your own identity, love and accept yourself. Well, to some degree... The church body can take on the identity or the personality of the pastor. And so where does that fit with the pastor's spouse? We want to begin to have that in a way that is beneficial so that they can bring to the plate 
what their strengths are. Everything that I see here and how to succeed as a, a pastor's spouse, love and accept yourself. Concentrate on being the best you can be. Have realistic expectations. You know, you are not superhuman either. Right. Yeah. Contrary to what the deacons may tell you. <laughs> <sighs> I'll stop. Um, build your own spiritual life. And I often wonder that sometimes from the sound room, I will be watching my pastor. Right. And sometimes I'll glance over to the right on the first row, the row in front of where my wife sits, and there's the pastor's spouse. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I wonder what, how many times have they heard this message already? Yeah, right. How do they feel about their spouse being up on the platform doing this? Yeah. How do they feel at the invitation if nobody comes forward? How do they, you know, feel yeah. for their spouse? Right. You know, and I wonder stuff like that. And it's, well, how about the fact that maybe they might disagree with what their spouse is preaching about. Oh, can you imagine that conversation on the way to dinner after church? Did you really mean when you yeah. said? But you know yeah. what? I'm. You know, I didn't even think about that. What if you disagree? Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, look out. Ooh, that's a that's a deeper one that I never really thought about. That Tom. Yeah, and so that's suggests the need for them to be supported where they can have some help and safety in discussing it. And there's one other thing that you can do to help succeed as a pastor's spouse. Build your own spiritual life? Well, we talked about that. Okay. Celebrate success. Oh. <laughs> How could I? You thought I was pulling something new out that wasn't on our list. That's right. Yeah. Celebrate success. Not only your successes, right. but your spouse's successes. Right, and praise the Lord, that is so powerful. Even at Heritage, what's been interesting, this dynamic has happened. When some of the clients call in and they want to talk uh, you know, about their time, what they literally do, Kathy, when she's behind the, the desk and she's uh, answering the phone, they begin to talk about their experience at Heritage. And oftentimes I'm in the part of that conversation in in the past well so she, here she's listening on the phone to people talking about her husband and she's she's wanting to celebrate that success and they don't know that it's your wife on the phone sometimes they don't and sometimes they do it's really interesting oh that's cool yeah so there there's a lot more we can talk about here there right. there are more things in the show notes uh, that include work on self-improvement. It's okay to have an identity outside of your spouse. Yeah. It's yeah. okay if you like gardening or you like woodworking and your spouse doesn't. Right. Do that. Have a passion for it. So what if you have an occupation or a career uh, as a pastor's spouse? Maybe it's a nurse. Maybe it's a real estate agent. Do they, Are they allowed to do that? You betcha. And what would the congregation think about that how do they feel about it god will keep you humble we'll keep you poor <laughs> but that we, that doesn't apply to the spouse <laughs> right yeah uh-huh okay Definitely. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and you know you mentioned it earlier and i want to hit on this one more time before we end today decide on what you are comfortable doing in your church I, i've i've seen churches where there's an expectation that the pastor's spouse if the pastor's doing 
A, B, and C, well, then that means that the pastor's spouse is going to do D, E, and F. Right. And when they don't, they call a deacon's meeting. Oh, yeah. We don't understand what is right. No, maybe that is not the pastor's spouse's passion. Right. It's amazing and hard to believe that the pastor's spouse congregation could be uh, gifted in ways that don't fit your mold. So do we want them in their gifting? Didn't God create them and give them that gifting? Aren't they created in his image? But, oh no, the last pastor's spouse did this. So you have to do this. Right, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right, so, I okay, we, we beat that horse yes all right so tom as we wrap up today you know i know one thing that is at your heart at heritage is pastoring pastors and i'm quite sure that might include a pastor's spouse absolutely and or a couple that you know pastor and spouse together right and if there are pastors that need some encouragement want to have a conversation how can they start that conversation with you i can be reached at heritage christian counseling ministries.com Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.